You are listening to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. Thank you, Jamesy. Southern Miss Black Ops tailgate legend, Jason Bailey. Bump is uh, pretty good. Andy Wizard of Whiskey himself, Mr. Shanglock. But the reality is... They don't know, man! I've been looking forward to To The Top Talk. You know, I have that with myself every night. Look, for all you listen today, I'm not an idiot. What's going on? What's happening? How you guys doing? Welcome to To The Top Talk presented by BetUS. Here with your break from all the High Resource 5 propaganda to talk about the University of Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles. Life is back on sports bettors, and BetUS has your NCAA, NBA, NHL, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines up for their 27th year in live betting on all of it. Log in to BETUS.com or call 800-792-3887. That's 800-79-BETUS. BETUS for 125% bonuses with our promo code TTTT125. Customer service pros are ready to get your phone, social, and online sports betting kickoff started now. Play with the proven mainstay in the industry, BETUS. You bet you win, you get paid, BETUS.com. Joining me now, Southern Miss Black Ops tailgate legend Jason Bailey. Greetings and salutations, fellas. Good to be here. Glad to get myself away from that basketball game for a second. Although, Tay Hardy just hit a three. So, maybe we're on the comeback trail. Yeah, I hope so. hope so. And the Wizard of Whiskey, Shane Light. Yeah, I mean, we, uh, need to hit a few more of those three-pointers to get us back in it at this point, but you got to start somewhere. Absolutely. Yeah, so we are recording this Monday night, Southern Miss. down. It's a, a second half of basketball right now. Southern Miss is down by, it looks like 18 right now after that three. So uh, got a ways to go. Got a ways to go. I can't inch back up in this one, but they are they are battling. So. We have to take more shots and make more of those shots. Well, that's that's a you know basketball <laughs> math right there. Yeah, uh, I hear that that's you know the core aspect of winning the game. The good thing about this team this year is they're way more athletic. They're they're longer. They look like a Division One basketball team. Um, and you know, like Hardy scored 30, 30 the other night. Isaiah Moore is the real deal. But, you know, as we get as we get into some numbers in the show here, you know, you still got to knock down shots in basketball. And so far this year, we're not doing a very good job of that. Um, so, you know, I, I guess we got a lot of the hard parts figured out. But making shots is kind of a big deal, especially in these days when every team's throwing up 20 or more threes per game. You got to start knocking some down. So over the weekend, we had uh, Southern Miss went to Texas El Paso to take on number 15. UTSA, Texas San Antonio. And, you know, I don't think expectations were very high going into the game, but I, I feel like, it, you know, definitely for the, really for the game, you got to be proud of what the Golden Eagles did. But they hung in there the first three quarters with a team that was projected to beat us by over 30 points. So it was really, really a, an outstanding outing by the Golden Eagles. You could, it's something to build off of. And the, the big surprise, was that the starting quarterback was running back Frank Gore. So Gore got the start at quarterback and uh you know also Antavius Willis who played on in the defensive backfield this year also playing some at quarterback. So Will Hall trying to mix it up a little bit and give the Golden Eagles a kind of a uh something that uh, UTSA wasn't prepared for. And Gore threw a few beautiful just fade passes to Brown Lee too that was like the the dude really can do it all. I mean, he's he's the shiftiest guy we've had since Fletcher, and uh, vision, maybe a little more top end speed, and just tough as nails. Uh, and then we've just been beating him up all season, and he gets dinged up and, and gets right back out there. So hopefully that's the case this week, since he did go out of the game. Uh, I guess at halftime, um, right there before is when he got the calf bruise. Uh, so hopefully that's all it is and, and we get him back because uh, we've lost so many pieces that uh, it, it's just a different offense without Frank Gore. It was nice to see the guys all pulling the rope in the same direction. You know, it looked like everybody was bought into this to this week's game plan. And we heard rumblings of the Frank Gore thing uh, during the week. Um, 
I, I don't know if we thought he was going to, you know, <laughs> uh, start the game and, and play like all of the snaps uh, from quarterback. But, boy, it was old school looking, wasn't it? Having to run over to the sideline. They didn't know the signs coming in from the whoever the guy is that, that calls the plays. And um, Coach Hall looking like uh, – it looked like looked like remember the Titans, you know, <laughs> when uh, Denzel's uh, calling the play and sending his quarterback out there real quick and – Talk about having to have some stamina to go out there, run the play, get banged up, and get up real quick, run over to the sideline, get the play, run back to the huddle, do that for about three hours. Goodness gracious. Well, we damn, had, near, damn near pulled off the upset. We had, yeah, yeah, we did. We had four or five delay a game penalties because of it uh, that really hurt us at times. And that's kind of the story of the game, those we legitimately had a chance to win that game. I mean, it, it, they didn't really go ahead and, and kind of put it away until like four minutes left in the game. Um, it was false start penalties reared their ugly head again. And then there, uh, the, the couple turnovers or I guess two fumbles and an interception. Was it there, there at the end? Yeah. Um, but I mean, that's really what did us in. We were, we were right there. What an incredible game plan. And, and just effort. Uh, I mean, the the line was actually opening up some holes for for Frank to to run through. Uh, we just had entirely too many false start penalties. And one thing that that was uh, mentioned about that 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 I, I will give some credence is that when you've got like four different guys playing quarterback in the game, they all kind of approach things differently. There's a different cadence and and rhythm and tone for their voices and and how they snap the ball and I can see that being confusing and causing some false starts, but we've had that problem almost all year long. So uh, it, it's not just unique to that situation, but man, with you know, just a little bit sharper, not so many mental mistakes, and we could have pulled that off. You know, and there's a couple other. Uh, you, you remember the two punts that UTSA had, where the, the ball lands at like the two yard line and backs up a little bit to like the four, mm-hmm. right? That never happens, <laughs> or very rarely. That ball hits and goes on the end zone. So, so then we have this this offense that you know it, it it might have taken us an entire quarter to get all the way down the field, which it turns out that wouldn't have been a bad thing. But um, yeah. but you know, then you throw in the, the bad snaps, the uh, yeah, you know, and and but all that being said, oh, and then and then at the very end of the game, the very questionable um, fumble. Right there at the end, I thought it was at least reviewable. They talked about it as an open hand coming through, and maybe that was the case. But the ball went forward somehow. The ball didn't go backwards. Uh, something shut the ball forward. Uh, so I, I thought it was at least reviewable. I don't know if that would have made a difference in the outcome, but but those two punts, the, the snaps over the head, and and that and that fumble right there at the end, just kind of the nail in the coffin. But man. They say there's no moral victories, but I mean, under the circumstances, that's kind of exactly what it was. And uh, I mean, we, we were basically in a fight, you know, with one arm tied behind our back, and damn near took down Goliath. So what are you gonna do? Bleed on me? <laughs> great, great, great effort. It's hard to be so proud of a team, um, you know, sitting here one and nine. But I think everybody came away from that game, you know, holding their heads pretty high fans and players and coaches alike. So hope we can do it. Uh, hope we can give that kind of effort this weekend. Um, try to eke out a win in Ruston and then hopefully beat the crap out of FIU that last home game. So you've had uh, got to mention the two interceptions from uh, in the first half, Eric Scott had an interception that uh, pretty much stalled the stalled the, uh, the road runners early on and then Natron Brooks to start the second half with the pick six, taking it all the way back. Um, you know, to, to give the Golden Eagles some opportunities to score. Frank Gore on the day, two for three passing for 33 yards, uh, on, uh through the air, uh, 20 carries for 129 yards and one touch, oh, excuse me, 20 carries for 123 yards, one touchdown, uh, on the ground. And Antavius Willis, Rambo, they call him two for four for 19 yards, one interception through the air and nine- fast. 19 carries for 61 yards for 19 carries for a net of 46 yards on the ground. So those two were the, uh, uh, you know, the main ball handlers there. But all in all, 
solid game. Solid game from the Golden Eagles. Did you guys know how fast Willis was? I mean, that dude is quick. Mm-hmm. I, you know, he's athletic, and they've been playing him at different positions. You know, he's been playing, you know, some running back, some receiver, some defensive back, and uh, it's it's good to see him. Good to see him back on the field. I think we, you know, needed a little depth there before the season, so they moved him over there. But he he was one of those guys that was was going to uh, was going to make an you know that was expected to make an impact at some place on the football field. They just didn't know where it was going to be when he when he started his career here. So it's good to see him. Good to see him uh, get an opportunity. I don't know what the status is of Frank Gore. He got a little banged up there uh, towards the end of the game. Not really sure, you know, if he's going to be available this weekend or not. What our what our game plan is? You know, we are double digit underdogs again this week against Louisiana Tech. But you know, all in all, this is uh, this is this is as close to a win as you're going to get without getting a win. <laughs> yeah, and I tell you, I don't know what the deal with Gore is this weekend either. Um, you know, coach did elude to the fact that he might play six or seven different people at quarterback this weekend. So maybe you just got this, 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 uh, revolver of, you know, he could have them lined up like in a single file line, just ready to give them, give the guy the play and say, you go run this one. <laughs> and then that quarterback comes and gets in the back of the line, uh, you know, like a drill or something. But as far as, as Gore goes moving forward in this, in this wildcat, you know, I'm totally okay with Gore having a wildcat package that we can put in, you know, in this game plan or that game plan uh, until he graduates, because that's how good it looked. Yeah, it. I mean, it took us from having absolutely no offense to, I mean, there were times where, uh, you know, we were really moving the ball well. Uh, they just didn't have an answer for it. Um, the, you know, each each play was kind of a RPO without the P part. So it was just a, a you know, a double option, triple option at times. Uh, and, and they just struggled to stop it. And the defense played well. Uh, you know, a few special teams miscues. Uh, but, uh, I mean, a, a pretty solid game, especially under the circumstances. So this weekend, uh, the second to last game, the Golden Eagles' final road game of the year as they take on the Bulldogs of Louisiana Tech and Conference USA Future. That is this Friday, November 19th. So it is a Friday night game, not a Saturday game. Friday, November 19th. It's 7 p.m. It's on the CBS Sports Network, and it Ah. is taking place in Ruston. So not really sure but what the Golden Eagles are going to put out there on the field this week, but that's part of the fun of it. So. I'm I'm looking. Give me all the quarterbacks. I want I want us to set the record <laughs> for most people. If we're gonna do something like you know, it, I want to see us set the record for the most people to line up under center, uh, or in the shotgun in a in a single season. That's all. Do I we want. know what that record is? We don't. I think I think our, they said we're at ten people. Ten people this ten. The, I think the, a lot is, ten has to be the record. I don't know. I don't know what we kind played of ten football games. We played ten quarterbacks. <laughs> and it really, um, I'm not. I'm not so sure. I, I'm not so sure. It's, it, I'd have to go back and look, but it might be eleven. I think it is eleven. Uh, what's the the Sun Herald uh, beat writer Scott something? Hawkins? Scott Scott Watkins. Watkins. Yeah, Scott Watkins. He uh, he had something the other day that. Uh, where he broke down how many quarterbacks had played for Southern Miss. I'm looking for it real quick. Uh, that guy's a good follow, by the way. He's entertaining. Yeah, he does. He's done a good job so far. But he listed off. Uh, you know, he had a, a list. Yeah, it was. He's got ten. Um, but I think, but okay, so he's got. He said on the list, swap Jason Goldstein with Jack Walker. But I feel like Jason Goldstein. Took some snap. Has taken a snap, yes. Yeah. Put him in. It is 11. Yeah. So well, he's got 11. Jason Goldstein on this list, but he doesn't have Walker. Yeah, that's what you're saying. Yeah. But yeah, Goldstein belongs on there. It is 11 then. Two, three, so, five. hey. It's Trey Lowe, Ty Keys, T. Webb, Chandler Pittman, Jake Smithhart, Jake Lang, 
Jason Goldstein, Frank Gore Jr., Antavius Willis, Dejan Richard, and uh, Jack Walker. That's 11. That's crazy. That is bananas, man. That is. Hey, let's – but why stop here? We got yeah. – uh, we're, what, 15-point underdogs, 16-point underdogs this week. We got nothing to lose. Let's – I want to see, like – An O-lineman. Yeah, give me – yeah, give me – I want to see – Washington. Go, I want to see Washington. shotgun. <laughs> short yardage right up the gut. Let's do it. Let's see it. Let's let's just see it. Let's see what happens. How many offensive linemen have we played this year? Have we played more quarterbacks than offensive linemen? No. No, we haven't. We've 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 rotated some in and out. We've we've had some some that aren't even on the depth chart anymore. So. So um, I believe this is now three games in a row where we've played the same group of guys because I believe I, I haven't compared this past week's lineup to the previous two weeks, but the previous two weeks were the same. And I saw somebody say it was the same as last week's line. So there's three weeks in a row with the same two deep. Uh, and outside of the false start penalties, uh, they did a much better job blocking. So we'll see what happens this Friday night. Southern Miss, Louisiana Tech. I don't really see a reason to really try to break down the game at this point. I just hope for the best. Fingers crossed. Yeah. <laughs> Please, Tech, just die. So let's give a shout-out to our sponsor, BetUS. Bet with the three-decade leader, BetUS. Join now for, with a 125% bonus by using our promo code TTTT125 or a 200% bonus with, our, with, with crypto by using our promo code TTTT200. Bet sports, casino, horses, pop culture, and more at BETUS.com. You bet, you win, you get paid. Bet U.S. All right, so now we get to the picks of the week. But to update on last week, uh, Bump, as far as the weekend, last weekend's results go, Bump was 5-5, five and five, Shane was 6-4, and four, I was 7-3. and three. So that brings the total now. I am still in last place, but not Barely. by as much as I have been. 48 and 62 on the season. Shane 50 and 60 and bump 52 and 58. So Shane two points back, two, two, yeah, two points back. I'm four points back from the lead. So Jason, you got a few weeks left to, to hang on here. So to blow it and, and I will, I'll do that. Got a few weeks left to blow it. Yeah. So we'll, <laughs> we'll see how you, we'll see how well that holds up for you. So the first game, this we're going to call this week. Jason's still the leader. So Jason's going to be uh, leading it off for us. First game, App State against Troy. App State is a 10-point favorite. Um, yes, and App State's rolling. 8-2 uh, and two on the season this year. And, you know, I, I'd, like to, I'd like to think Troy's got a chance, but I just don't think they do, especially with the way that App State runs the ball. Um, they're averaging right at 195 yards per game on the ground. So I got App State. Um, yeah, the cork was in there kind of tight. It took me a second. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't think it's going to be a blowout per se. Um, but I, I really like app at, at 10 in this game. I, I think they're that much better than Troy. Um, not that Troy's got a bad squad, but app's just got a, a really solid team. Um, so yeah, going, going app with the 10. I'm I'm going to go app as well. Uh, I mean, I think Troy's solid. And Troy Troy definitely has a chance, but uh, I I don't see any reason to pick against App State right now with the way they're with the way they're playing. So that brings us to South Alabama at Tennessee. Tennessee is a 27 point favorite. I'm not going to act like I know anything about Tennessee. Uh, the only thing I know is there was a golf ball incident at one point. Um, but simply put, I just think 27 is just too many, too many points. Um, South's going to score some points. Um, so let's just say they put up 17. That would mean Tennessee has to get to, what, 45 maybe? Um, so anyway, I'm going South. Yeah, it's a lot of points. But, uh, I mean, App rolled South pretty good. <laughs> Uh, this past weekend's and the spread's not much different there 
uh, playing in Neyland. Uh, Tennessee doesn't have a bad squad this, this year. I'm going to go with the, uh, the volunteers on this one. Yeah, I, I don't, um, I don't, that's a lot of points. 27 points is a whole heck of a lot of points. Uh, that being said, I'm a little nervous about the situation with, um, a quarterback for, for South Alabama. So in Tennessee, you know, has, has been better this season. So I'm going to roll with Tennessee as well. All right. Up next, FAU against Western Kentucky. Western Kentucky is a 10 point favorite. So we all know about my boy Bailey Zapp. Um, he's probably going to go off this week again. He threw for like 500 and something yards last week, four or five scores. He just does it all the time. FAU is looking worse week by week. I thought they were a lot better than they were, and just week by week they just are proving me to be wrong about that. So, and and the flip side of that is Western. Remember at the beginning of the year, we couldn't figure out how they kept losing, even though they played some solid teams at the beginning of the year. They they would score forty something points and lose. So I think I think FAU is getting worse. I think Western is starting to roll, uh, and I think it's going to happen again this week. So I got Western. Yeah, everything that Jason just said, that was beautiful. I'm, I'm with it. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick with, with Western as well. Just see, I think the offense is too good. Um, yeah, FAU's been formidable at times, but this game is in Bowling Green and, uh, they haven't played well as of late. So yeah, I will continue that and, uh, give Western the sweep there. All right, next one. Interesting game. This one could, uh, definitely, uh, you know, decide the, Conference USA West, when all said and done, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how many games UAB's lost. UAB's still in the mix. I don't, I'm not sure. But anyways, UAB and UTSA. UTSA is a four and a half point favorite. So it's uh it's at the Alamo Dome, right? Correct. And I don't know what happened last game. I don't know if they had like dollar ticket day or whatever, but there was actually a lot of people in in the game um, versus us. So if there's a lot of people to watch us play uh, when that game probably should have been a blowout, then I would guess that there'd be just as many people there this week. So I, I would think that that would make a difference. Um, and it's, it's, it's really the only time I've watched UTSA super closely all year and I realized they probably had one of their off games, but I just wasn't impressed at all with their quarterback play. Um, and UAB has been up and down, but I think I just I just can't imagine a scenario where UTSA runs the damn table. So I'm taking UAB. Yeah, um, Frank Harris for UTSA is is probably one of the better quarterbacks in the league. He had a uncharacteristically not good game against us, but I'd like to credit our defense with a little bit of that. We actually did get pressure. Um, you know, we, we were behind the line of scrimmage, uh, often all night. So I, I think, you know, maybe that was something that hasn't happened to him much this year. And, uh, and we got to him. So, um, I, I think they bounce back. Uh, I think UTSA is legitimately a, a pretty good team this year. Uh, with it being in San Antonio, maybe they'll have to take the curtains off the upper deck uh, if there's enough people that show up to this game this week. Um, it, it looks weird in there with a bunch of 40-foot-tall black curtains up top. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm going to go with uh, with the Roadrunners. You know, upstairs I'm thinking the Roadrunners, but I think this is a sneaky game for, for UAB. I'm going to go with, with UAB on this one with the four Good. and a half points. I thought uh, you were going to tell us what was going on downstairs after the upstairs comments, and uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you moved on past that. And we got uh, so we got Marshall is a 15 point favorite at Charlotte. I think Marshall's defense will be the difference here. Um, 15 is a lot of points, um, and I don't love this pick uh, with it being 15, but I'm going to take Marshall anyway. Yeah, I'm really on the fence with this one because I think Marshall wins the game. But uh, Marshall's been doing me wrong with picks lately, so I'm a little gun shy. Because of that, I'm I'm going to 
just to differ from Jason, I'd like to make up one of these two games he has on me. I'm going to go with the uh, 49ers. Yeah, I think the I think the points are a, a little too hot, right? A little too high right now. I I would expect Marshall to win, but I don't. Uh, 15 is is a lot, and uh, you know, senior day at Charlotte, they're going to be playing hard. So I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with Charlotte in the points there. Then we have ODU at Middle Tennessee State. Middle Tennessee State is a three and a half point favorite. Um, you know, I keep trying to not give Old Dominion a lot of credit. Uh, and then they they went they beat FAU last week, I believe. Um, yeah, they did. So, Soundly. Yeah, and so you know, another team I try to give zero credit to every week is Middle. And maybe they're not as bad as I thought that, that that they would be, or maybe they're just finding whatever kind of groove they can find. But uh, I don't know, man. I still don't like middle. I still don't like either one of them. But I feel like middle's luck has just about run out. So I'm going to take uh, I'm going to take Old Dominion. Well, no, no real damage there uh, because. I think Old Dominion is coming on here later in the season. I mean, they didn't play football last year, uh, so they've been off for over a year. They started off this season slow, but, uh, I mean, they beat the crap out of FAU. They just didn't mm-hmm. beat them. Um, uh, they, they got my attention. I'm going to go with uh, Old Dominion this, this week. Uh, you know, Old Dominion has been playing much better. Like I said, they've 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 uh, they've been tough for me all year. They've been my my team that's been tough to peg. But uh, Middle Tennessee's been strong as of late too. It's it, it's at home. I'm gonna go with Middle Tennessee State on this one. It doesn't matter if it's at Murfreesboro. There's four people <laughs> there. That's not a home field advantage. Well, you're not playing at a Sunbelt Stadium, so yeah, you, you, that's uh you know, it gives them a little sure. bit more of an advantage. Uh, then we've got Rice at UTEP. UTEP is a 10-point favorite. It's at the Sun Bowl. Um, we all know it gets crazy outside the stadium, <laughs> sometimes inside the stadium. Um, Rice is solid, good defense, uh, decent quarterback, Constantine. We saw him play. Um, so I'll take, uh, I'll, I'll take Rice. I, I think they'll keep it close. It's a 10-point spread, you said? Yeah. Man. UTEP's really messed me up lately because they started off immediately, went out and got bowl eligible, and then they dropped the last three in a row. Um, so I, I really don't know what to think here. It's in El Paso. That's not close to anywhere. Even though Rice is in Texas, it's still like three days wagon ride to <laughs> El Paso from there. So it, it's not like it's right around the corner from anybody. Um Bump, you went with Rice. I did. I'm going to go with UTEP then for no good reason other than I just don't know. Uh, you know, I think it's back at UTEP. I think they're going to have to uh, run the gauntlet through the parking lot to get in the stadium. Um, I'm going to go with uh, UTEP and the 10. <laughs> so that brings us to North Texas, which is a 10-point favorite at FIU. Um, I, I just don't see how FIU can hang here. We've also seen the articles come out this week with the coaching situation saying that the university's kind of given up on football or sabotaging football, I think they said. North Texas has actually found a little something. Uh, so I don't even think the 10 points is, is worth even mentioning. I think North Texas rolls. Uh, I got North Texas. Uh, yeah, this is the second time I've done this to you tonight, but uh, ditto. That's uh, the, my thoughts exactly. Yeah, I can't. I, I can't. I can't pick ten points. I think it seems a little low, actually. North Texas and FIU. So yeah, I'm yeah. gonna go with North Texas as well. All right, so that gets us to the game of the week, which is actually taking place on Friday night, as we said earlier. Southern Miss at Louisiana Tech. Louisiana Tech currently a sixteen and a half point favorite. So <laughs> will the offense work again? You know, that's, that's kind of the question. Last last week, it obviously caught um, UTSA by surprise, and it just kind of kept working, you know, the whole time. So maybe we maybe we just got the the kind of team that can do this. And if everybody's bought in, um, maybe you have a wrinkle here or there. Um, 
if the offense doesn't work, you know, it's a disaster. <laughs> so if it does, and we keep the other team's offense on the sideline for the longest time, then, you know, we can, we can stay in the game and, and try to win it by a field goal or something. <laughs> so really that's the question. Um, and if it does work, I think that point total is too high. Defense should be high, should should be fine. So I will take uh, I'll take the Eagles. You damn right, you take the Eagles because <laughs> you're a good Eagle fan, and that's what good Eagle fans do. Well, they finally give me a reason. There was not a lot of reason for about a four game stretch there. Believe, pump, just believe, blindly believe. <laughs> um. Look, I mean, not only am I taking the Eagles in the points, but I'm going to make a really bold prediction. And the Eagles leave Rustin with their second win of the year. Okay, that's that's we'll take it. We'll take it. That's bold enough. I uh, I don't expect the Golden Eagles to come away with a victory this week. It wouldn't shock me, but <sighs> I'm 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 concerned about the situation with Frank Gore. Uh, I think that if he's not in there, uh, that's just an you know. We haven't scored over 19 points in an FBS game this season. And We're going to play 12 quarterbacks, Jamie. We're winning this game. I'm all for it. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Uh, you know, but I'm, I'm, I'm a little nervous about the situation that we're in. That being said, I can't pick against Southern Miss, so I'm going to go with the Golden Eagles. Uh, the over-under is 51. Um, under. All right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just I can't I can't uh I, I just can't imagine a scenario where it gets to over. Uh, I, I, if it, if it does get to over, then you know we just got smashed. So we, especially we could, if we continue with our game plan, which is slow it down and chew up like two thirds of the game clock, just like watching the clock tick literally in between plays. Uh, no way, no way it's over. Yeah, I I uh you know. I'd love for it to turn into a shootout, but, yeah, uh, I have to go with the under as well. All right, so as we mentioned earlier, while we were recording, the Southern Miss Golden Eagle basketball team taking on TCU. Not going so well right now. Uh, there's three minutes, 3.13 left in the game. Southern Miss is down 72-44. to 44. So, And, okay, 74-44. to 44. Um, Ooh. Yeah, so I actually have seventy-seven to forty-four. If we just want to keep doing the ooze. Okay, so no. you may you may be just a little ahead of me here. Um, so yeah, not not really having uh, the best night. Uh, I mean, we were big underdogs in this game, and okay, well here you go. Here's the three. All right, there you go, seventy-seven to forty-four. So, <laughs> um, yeah, no. you know, we were big underdogs heading into this game. I don't think we expected to win, but it, it's kind of a disappointing start in basketball. You know, we we came out. Uh, had a solid showing against William Carey. Jason, do you want to talk us through the the past week here in Southern Miss basketball? Sure. So, um, so of course we started off the year in that exhibition game, beat Delta State sixty eight to sixty. Then we followed that up with a win over William Carey eighty one to sixty seven. You know, uh, in that game, Hardy had uh, thirty points, which is weird because in a Delta State game, I think he was scoreless. So that was I was I was kind of weird to see. Um, USM actually had a 52 to 25 lead at halftime. Got outscored in the second half by Carey, 42 to 29. You know, can't take your foot off the gas. Props to Carey for for playing hard the entire game. Coach Knight always has those guys playing hard across town. Uh, some bright spots in the game: Jerome Pierre with 16 points. My boy, uh, number four, Bolden, with 13 points. And uh, Isaiah Moore at 10 uh, and, and and 10 points and 11 rebounds for a double-double. You're going to get used to seeing a lot of that this year. Then the next game we played was against Louisiana Lafayette. I just have to say both of those words. And lost 66 to 45, which is not really indicative of, of how the game went. It was a great crowd on hand, especially for a Friday night during high school football season. But – you know, we did not come away with the victory. Some bright spots were, again, Isaiah Moore. He led the team with 19 points and seven rebounds. Tay Hardy, 14 points, five rebounds, and three steals. But the story of the game, which is a lot like the game that we're playing right now as we record, but the story of this game was was three-point shooting. I don't know what the deal is, um, 
all of these guys are really good players through high school and AAU and some of them junior college. And then I, I, I don't know. We just can't put the ball in the hole from deep. And that's that's a very big part of the game these days. Um, so in the Lafayette game, we were two for 19 from three point range while Lafayette was third uh, was 11 of 32. So like we said in the open, we don't shoot as many or make as many. And that's that's not great. Um, the good thing is, like we talked about, we look like a D1 team this year. We're playing fast. Napper's nerf, nursing that turf toe a little bit, but hopefully he'll be back to full speed before long. Um, Moore is absolutely as good as advertised. We're getting a lot more dunks. We're running a lot more. It's fun to come watch. Uh, just still struggling to shoot the ball from three-point range uh, in particular. So hopefully, you know, before we get into conference season over the Christmas break, Coach Ladner and the guys can just iron that out and just get to normal, get to a normal percentage, like 36%, 38%, somewhere in there. And, you know, we aren't down 30 like we are tonight. You're down six, and you're in the game right there at the end. So maybe that's where that athleticism can lead to some victories. But you're not going to get a whole uh, heck of a lot of wins in conference or non-conference shooting, uh, you know, 7% from three-point range. So that obviously has to get cleaned up. I will say uh, I listened to uh, the broadcast with um, Juan Cox. Actually, was it with John Cox? No, it was somebody else. Somebody oh, it was, it was uh, Captain Cox. Cox. Dude, he was hilarious. Yeah. By the way, he's the uh, uh, the New Orleans guy. Okay, yeah, yeah. he. Uh, that was <laughs> wildly entertaining to listen to. A couple of times, he was like, "I'm sorry." Uh, I'm, I'm being a homer, but, uh, but, uh, he did a really good job. It was interesting to listen to somebody besides, uh, John Cox or Jason Baker. Um, but yeah, Bake was gone with the ladies, um, and Cox was with football. Yeah. And yeah. so it, it was, uh, strange to listen to a different voice, but, uh, he did a great job. Uh, it was, it was fun to listen to, but, uh, all of that said is because, there for just a few minutes in in the second half when uh, the Eagles made the run back to make it, you know, a close game. The greenhouse was rocking. It was loud on the broadcast. Bro, it felt great. It felt great. Loud. And I've seen pitchers and, and the crowd was was decent. I mean, by no means was it a great crowd, um, but there were folks in there. And obviously, if, if you're there. You know, you care and you're into it, but it was it sounded great on the radio. They, there was an actual atmosphere in Reed Green, and uh, I, I can't wait. Uh, and it's not like I get to make a lot of basketball games, but uh, you guys get to go. And it's a lot more fun to listen to when it's loud and energetic in the background. I, I really hope Jay can get it back to where there's good crowds in there because people, the Hattiesburg's proven if you put a winning basketball team on the floor, they'll show up and support it. They don't have much patience for anything else. If if you're not <laughs> a, a pretty good basketball team, nobody is coming. Uh, but if you can put a good basketball team on the floor, despite the fact that you got to do it before people show up, uh, that does make recruiting a little tougher, but Man, people will show up and, and, uh, it's, it's a funky old arena. It's, it's not the nicest thing in the world. They got some snazzy new lights in there and I'm sure more is to come. But, uh, that place is so much fun when it's loud in there. I, you know, a lot of people hate Donnie Tyndall because he cheated. I'm, I'm willing to forgive that actually because I had so much fun in the couple of years that he was at Southern Miss and Reed Green that, uh, I appreciate Donnie, Donnie Tyndall cheating, cheating just so I could experience that at this point in my life. Uh, because uh, a packed out Reed Green is, uh, maybe more fun than a packed out, uh, rock. Totally I mean, agree. It, it's, totally uh, agree. There's something really special about that old rickety yurt of a building, uh, when it's full and the sound just stays in there and it is deafeningly loud. And uh, I really hope for everybody's sake that, that we get back to, to that environment there. So it, it is the game is now final. The Golden Eagles falling 83-251. Uh, Tyler Stevenson Yeesh. apparently out tonight with uh, some kind of medical issue. Not really sure about what that was about, but hopefully he is he's doing all right. We shot 14.3% um, from three-point. 
14.3% from free and, and 33% overall. Not going to be, not going to be a, a victory in a lot of efforts with that kind of performance. So hopefully they can get that cleaned up. So this week, there's only one game this week between this show and next week's show. That is this Sunday at home versus Lamar. That will be at 2 p.m. this Sunday, November the 21st. The following week, Thanksgiving week, we'll be playing at a tournament in Missoula, Montana. Uh, taking on UMC William, UNC Wilmington at 6 p.m. on Wednesday. Uh, 6 p.m. on Thursday, we're taking on UC San Diego. And then the uh, Montana Grizzlies on Friday at, at 8.30 p.m. as well. So that will, will be the next week in Golden Eagle basketball. I, I forgot to mention in football that defensive back Malik Shorts was named the 2021 C Spire Connerly Trophy finalist, which goes to who is chosen uh, as a college football in this player in the state. I don't know that it's necessarily the best all the time. It sometimes is not, but uh, <laughs> they, they choose a college football player. There's one nominee from each team. They pick one player to win this particular award. So um, Malik had a heck of a season. I don't expect him to win this year, but uh, proud of him for the effort. And he is, the C Spire Connolly, Connolly Trophy finalist this season. Shane, do you have any updates for us? I got updates. I got updates. I need to pour some whiskey first. Uh, I'm going to start off with women's basketball. Uh, the ladies have also been in action. Uh, I did not actually put down any William Carey game notes because for some reason, uh, I, I don't know. The day just slipped by me, and I was like, oh, we were we already talked about that, but we did not. So I'm going to pick up with uh, Saturday the 13th uh, action where the ladies uh, beat Louisiana Monroe 77 to 60. Uh, that moves them to 2-0 and on the young season. Uh, junior Dominique Davis led the way with 20 points for the Lady Eagles. Uh, really where the game kind of shifted and the ladies took over, uh, late in the game, the, the Lady Eagles switched to a matchup zone D and then held U, uh, ULM to 20, uh, can't speak, to two of 14, uh, on their shots over the final 10 minutes of the game and really shut them down with some lockdown D. So, uh, Lady Eagles starting the season off two and O. Uh, that, that's always a good thing. Next up, they are at Bama. Uh, this Wednesday, November the 17th at 6 o'clock. So that'll be a little bit more of a challenge for them. Uh, let's see, after absolutely destroying the poor Southern Baptist like uh, 700 to 2 uh, a couple weeks ago, let's see if they can roll into Bama and, and, and make some noise. Um, <clears throat> next up, uh, it was kind of a kind of a light week compared to normal, though with the, the fall semester uh, coming down to a close. But uh, – Volleyball had their last match of the year, uh, Wednesday the 10th. Uh, they were at Clemson. They fell one to three. Uh, but since then, uh, junior Duquesne Maratska, uh, from anybody want to take a, a guess where, uh, Duquesne Maratska is from? Hmm. I do not. You don't want to take a guess? I do not want to take a guess. Okay. Bump, do you want to take a guess? I'm trying to think. Duquesne. Pittsburgh? (laughs) Waynesboro? (laughs) Wyoming. Duquesne Moratska is, uh, I don't know, uh, I I don't think uh, Eastern Europeans roll their R's like that. I apologize. Um, (laughs) But uh, Sounds a little bit Russian. Yeah, that's I would have 100 percent guessed uh, this girl's from Eastern Europe, but no, from Wyoming. Just uh, interesting tidbit. But um, sorry, Duquesne, I, I'm, I'm not making fun of you. I just uh, did not. Uh, there is a oh, never mind. That's Moscow, Idaho, not Moscow, Wyoming. I never. I, I, yeah, I'll get back to it. Uh, anyway, she was named to the Conference USA All-Academic First Team. Uh, she's got a 4.0 GPA in speech language pathology and audiology. So uh, not only is she good enough to be a Division One volleyball player, but she's also incredibly smart. And uh, thanks for, for bringing those accolades onto Southern Miss Athletics. Um, other volleyball-related news, uh, beach volleyball, uh, this Sunday, November the 21st, is going to be playing in their last 
fall uh, tournament, another kind of one of those uh, take a certain match or a certain set of girls. They play uh, a certain number of matches just kind of uh, practice during the fall. But that'll be at the Tulane Fall Beach Volleyball Tournament. Uh, women's golf we touched on last week. They had completed the first two rounds uh, before we recorded. Uh, but after the third round, the ladies finished uh, tied for fifth out of 11 at the Mercer Invitational in Macon, Georgia. Uh, that was last Monday and Tuesday, the 8th and 9th. Um, high score, there actually were three Lady Eagles tied for 26th overall at a total score of 229. Uh, that was Elena Melik, uh, Merce Carbaccio, and Mamaka Andu. Uh, all three shot the exact same score. Uh, cross country, uh, the ladies were at the NCAA South Regionals this past Friday, November the 12th. They finished 11th out of 32 teams. That's tied for the best finish in program history in the South Regionals. Uh, junior Lena May finished 31st uh, overall. At a time of 20 minutes, 49.26 seconds. That was the first time in her career that she broke the 21 minute mark. So, uh, she's our workhorse. She was the top finisher for the Lady Eagles at every meet this season. Uh, and, uh, you know, she's, uh, really good at what she does. Uh, so glad that she wears the black and gold and we've got her for one more year running cross country. Uh, that concludes the outdoor season for the cross-country team, and that wraps up my other sports news for this week. All right, terrific, terrific. You know, we should also mention that the uh, Baseball World Series is going on right now. Baseball? Yep. Do you play uh, that sport? (laughs) And and the Black Squad, uh, as of tonight, is up three to nothing over the Gold Squad. I thought I saw a final on that earlier. Yep, six nothing black. Yep, for game three. Yep. Drew Boyd with the win. Yep. And by the way, Tyler Stewart throws one thousand miles per hour. Um, I did not get to go to that game, but our good friend uh, Dr. Royals went, and who uh, was a great pitcher in his own right. You know, played with the uh, played with the Detroit Tigers, right? Um, farm system, so. Uh, he knows what he's talking about. Tyler, uh, huge dude, throws hard, and he said Riggins looked good as well. Again, so I mean, we got a lot of good baseball players. You know, we just have such good players all over the field. The Montenegro brothers. It's gonna be a fun season. Barry's built a, a heck of a program, and uh, he he took what Corky Palmer did and and just kind of you know kept that train rolling to the point where. Um, People get a little impatient with with the progress of the baseball team, but uh, kind of in a and not necessarily in a will hall uh, fashion because he's been at it longer and he's been doing it here longer. But building a program the right way. And I mean, it's just got it to where uh, we have really good teams year in and year out. We're one of what, five or six teams uh, with 40 wins in a season over the last four or five seasons. Uh it's that, that that was a very vague thing to throw out because I gave a lot of leeway there, but uh, there's legitimacy to that. There's four or five teams that have had the same, you know, number of, of wins roughly that we've had over the last few years. And it's really just a, a testament to what Scott Berry's built. And he just continues to reload every year and keep rolling to the to the point where uh, the, the D1 baseball guys were uh, down checking us out. Uh, recently and uh, they put their piece out on a, on our fall practices and, and really had a lot of good things to say and uh, just really high on the Golden Eagles. So uh, we're, we're going to get another super regional here uh, soon. I can feel it in my bones. Uh, Barry's got this thing rolling. So we are definitely hosting this year's Conference USA tournament in baseball, right? I haven't heard anything otherwise. Shane, you got to come down. You have to take off of work. I'm going to take off. I live here. I'm taking off work. We're going to all the games. By by that point in time, I'll be uh, I'll I'll have figured out what the hell I'm doing in my new job, um, <laughs> and uh, and I, I do have uh, this this company's got unlimited PTO. So uh, if uh, I'm still alive, I'll be there. <laughs> awesome. 
You guys have any shout outs? You know, I only have a couple shout outs this week. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Momo, uh, the, the father of Gabe and Gabe and Rodrigo Montenegro. Saw him at the uh, one of the Southern Miss World Series games. Gabe had three hits that night. Rodrigo had a huge RBI single. The game actually came down to the final out, and Gabe struck out uh, to end the game, but uh, bases loaded. The teams are jawing back and forth. Um, super fun to be. There's probably, I don't know, it's free to get in. There's probably a couple hundred people there watching, you know, which is really cool. Um, and then we walked right across the street that night and watched the basketball game. I wanted to give a shout-out to the, the members of the Pride that showed up. It wasn't the entire Pride, but it wasn't the normal little 15-piece band it was probably i don't know 60 or so of the uh, of, of the band so i wanted to give them a, a shout out and and student section as well a bunch of the students showed up from uh from on campus and um it was cool it added to the environment i hope they come back it's definitely going to help us win some games this year shane you, you have any shout outs um before i, I get into that i want to step back um because we didn't mention that we got a new defensive back commit today uh, for the football team. And the reason I thought about this is because he's from Bassfield and uh, I've made it my feelings on that perfectly clear, but we can't have enough players from Bassfield on our team at any given time. Uh, they just have winning in their DNA. Um, but I, I went to click on uh, his Twitter to say who he is. And, um, at two way with like four Y's or say two. It doesn't have his actual name on here. Uh, does anybody know this, Mike? This kid's Mike, name? Michael Caraway. Michael Caraway. All right. I mean, Pro. he's uh, he's a large defensive back. I think he's like six two. He's he's got offers from uh, at least one school and and a couple of other uh, decent. Um, uh, Jason won't like this comment, but but G5 schools have have offered the kids, so uh, it's it's good to see uh, us getting some commitments from players, and and a lot of Will Hall's commits are like this, but it hasn't been like this in years past, and it's a, a sign of positivity for the future. But it's good to see us getting commitments with kids that have other options. Yeah, he, um, according to twenty four seven, he he has offered he he had offers from Arkansas, Charlotte, South Alabama, Texas State, Toledo, and UTSA. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, and, uh, some Suck some decent Arkansas. teams after him. Yeah, Big Suey. Um, <laughs> but I I just I I wanted to mention that uh, as far as shout outs wise, uh, uh, give a shout out to our boy Marchant. Um, he, he, uh, was, was plugging me on Instagram this week and, and I, I did pick up a few Southern Miss related followers from that. So I appreciate it. I'll plug my, my Instagram, uh, for, for the people that actually care about, uh, the bourbon side of what I'm doing besides me just being drunk and annoying. Uh, but my Instagram is bruise and bourbons. And I literally just like my Twitter is only Southern Miss. I only post about craft beer and whiskey on there. So if that's your thing, uh, give me a follow. If that's not your thing, I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> I've got to give um, a – go ahead. Keep going. Well, you got, I was you just going to say, lastly, uh, I, I, if you want to give your shout-outs first, but I was just going to go through uh, what whiskey I was drinking tonight. No, so, tell us. Uh, tell us Tell us all, all right. about it. So uh, I was kind of inspired by last week's uh, all-Russell's Reserve, all-Warehouse F – uh, where I went with three different Four Roses barrel picks. Mm. Um, all three of these, which you boys had a hand in me procuring, so thank you very much. Uh, but Lincoln Road has done a mountain of Four Roses private select uh, barrel picks over the years, and uh, to the point where these are not even the latest ones. You guys have, have helped me with uh, some bottles after this, but – uh, I have picks 51, 52, and 53. Uh, I drank in order tonight. Um, bear with me for a second, non-whiskey drinkers. I will have let uh, Jamie get his shout-outs in. But uh, when it comes to Four Roses picks, there's there's a lot of information uh, on those. Um, uh, pick 51 is a recipe OESV. Uh, it's 10-year, 8-month-old. 
uh, coming in at 57.1% alcohol, so a little over 114 proof. Uh, pick number 52 is a recipe OBSK, and that's a nine-year, nine-month, uh, and it comes in at 57.8, so a little over 115 proof. And then lastly, pick number 53 is back to the OESV recipe, uh, another 10-year, five-month pick there. And that one comes in at a whopping 62.5. It is a tier six pick, uh, whereas the 51 was a two and the 52 was a three. Uh, usually for the non-whiskey drinkers out there, uh, the tiers are the floors in the warehouse. They're uh, up to six uh, floors tall. And the higher you get up in those floors because of uh, a science lesson here, evaporation, uh, the, the liquid evaporates out of the whiskey barrels, leaving the alcoholic solution behind while the water floats away, which is called, uh, the angel share. A little, little alcohol escapes with that. But, uh, those higher floor barrels tend to be a little higher proof. So, uh, the ones that came from floors two and three were at about the 115 proof area where this was, uh, 125 proof. Uh, so, uh, there's your whiskey science lesson for the evening. All right. I got to give a shout out to uh, – well, first off, I, I got some tickets to the uh, Pelicans game this weekend, courtesy of our friends at the uh, Rainers and Oliver firm. And um, got to sit next to Michael McCarty and Kelsey Addison. Michael McCarty, big Southern Miss fan. We were chatting it up, you know, talking about the the uh, Golden Eagles efforts against UTSA that day and also my brother Dusty. Uh, great seats. I think we were like uh, – we were court like on the court. Right next to the table, it was awesome. But good to see my brother Dusty too, another big Golden Eagle. So I got to give those two shout outs as well. All right, before we get out of here, we have to mention this. We had uh, a Golden Eagle great pass away today. Former Southern Miss head football coach Bobby Collins, who you know orchestrated that run in the early '80s, where you know some consider to be the heyday of Southern Miss football. He was 48, 30, and two during his time at Southern Miss. The final two years. He was nine and three, nine as well as uh, nine two and one, with a win in the Independence Bowl in 1980 and a uh, loss in the Tangerine Bowl, which has evolved into the Citrus Bowl in uh, 1981, finishing the season ranked 19th in the Coaches Bowl in 1981 as well. Some people say that 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 might be the best team that we've had in Southern Miss history right there in 1981. I know Marshant will probably beg to differ, but a lot of the old timers, uh, you know, really cleaned that 81 team and, and had some tremendous accomplishments. So. You know, um, you know, sending our love and support to the to the Collins family. Definitely one of the best to ever do it. And, um, you know, know that we're thinking about all of you. So I think that does it. Hope you guys enjoyed it. And as always, Southern Miss to the top. Talk. There's lots of different coaches. Each has his own way. They all use different strategies. They all use different plays. To hear them quote their history, they're right and never wrong. But the proof is in the pudding, and that's why I wrote this song. Coach Colin, I wrote this song for you. I'm singing from my heart. There's something special in your style, I've known it from the start. Oh, listen up, we won't give up, we'll soon be number one. We'll be grinning from ear to ear when the football season's done.
Coach Carl and I wrote this song for you. I'm singing from my heart. There's something special in your style. I've known it from the start. Oh, listen up. We won't give up. We'll soon be number one. We'll be grinning from ear to ear when the football season's done. The proof is in the pudding, and Coach Collin will lead us all. Call Katie Case Bailey with Dunbar Real Estate for all of your real estate needs. Katie Case Bailey, Realtor Extraordinaire. Something to show, something to list, something to sell. Call today at 601-408-9980.